<coughs> Blog Talk Radio. We need to get a charger. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage, uh-huh. History has turned the page, uh-huh. The minute the current thing, uh-huh. goes on, beat goes on, drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain, la-da-da-da-dee, la-da-da-da-da, the grocery store's a supermodel, Off to war Electrically they keep a baseball score And the beat goes on The beat goes on Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain La-da-da-da-dee La-da-da-da-da Grandma's sitting chairs and rim on this Boys keep chasing girls to get a kiss The cars keep a going goes on Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain La da 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 dee La da da And the beat goes on Yes, the beat goes on And the beat goes on afternoon, everybody. Um, I'd like to say hi. It is the last day of spring, last I checked, and uh, that would make it the day before the first day of summer. And uh, we're going to have a warm one this year, at least where I sit. We're kind of enjoying the last little bit of cool that we can. And uh, regardless of the time, regardless of the temperature, it's always 
a good time for a cup of joe. And that's what we got going on here. We got a cup of joe. It looks like we've got our amazing non-compliant screener, Mary. And uh, we love Mary for a variety of reasons. Um, And her screening abilities is certainly among them. You might notice that I've got a little bit of a laid-back tone today, and it's because I'm well-rested and uh, got me a little little bit of a vacation in four days up in the mountains to uh, unwind, rewind, relax, recharge, and all the other reasons I can think of. And so I'm feeling pretty good. I actually highly recommend everybody to take a couple of days off now and again and um, correct yourself. I'm a overachiever and uh what do you call it? A um a workaholic. I work all the time. But I've learned that if you take a couple of days off from time to time and get yourself away from that work, you come back and you're able to do it better. And it's just the way it is. This show is brought to you by the Human Solution International. We're a civil rights nonprofit five oh one C three all-volunteer organization, and there really isn't anything like us out there, being all-volunteer and all. Um, I guess there are a couple of other all-volunteer organizations out there, and I salute them because it's a bitch to try to get anything done on the backs of people who aren't getting paid. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your comfort zone and why won't you get out of it because there's so many people that love this plant. There's so many people that talk about this plant, that use this plant, that want to use this plant, that bitch about not being able to use this plant, but they just won't get their asses up off the couch and do anything about it. And, yeah, they'll sign their petition and they'll do the little stuff, but what about the heavy lifting? We need a few people to get out there and do some heavy lifting. I just heard word that uh, the president just, Sign something saying that he's going to allow the families to stay together. And he claims that it was because, um, you know, it's just the right thing to do. Well, what happened was enough people got pissed off and they were screaming loud enough that he said, oh, shit, I better do this or they're going to run me out on a rail. Um, much as you may like him or not like him, as much as you think he's dumb as a wall, he's president and you're not. So he must have done something right. And the bottom line is, when we speak loud enough, we get shit done. So why won't we speak loud enough? And why isn't it for the last 10 years we've been talking and singing loudly about the fact that they're taking away kids and separating families because of prohibition and the war on drugs? Why is it that that wasn't important? The last five presidents have been doing it. Why wasn't it important then? I want to know that because it's impacted probably the same damn amount of people. You just don't hear about it in the news every day. Just wonder. I'm not saying that the other side of that coin is not important. Don't get me wrong. That's not my point here. My point is that prohibition is brutal and it destroys lives and families and, and the whole infrastructure of our nation has been undermined because of prohibition, because of this uh, prison culture that we have. You know, it's a downright culture of felons and 
prisons and prisoners and prison guards and 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 bailiffs and all the the, the machine and the infrastructure built around locking people up. And what better way to lock them up than to accuse them of drug crimes? Well, guess what? That's what's happening here, folks. And it's happening on state levels and federal levels. And whether you're legal or not, none of this matters. When are you going to wake up and realize? It just doesn't matter. If your state has it legal, guess what? There's still people going to jail. If the whole country of Canada says it's legal, guess what? There's still people in jail. How the hell can you say prohibition is over when there's still people in jail? How? Not one person's ever come to the show and said, well, here's why and how, and it makes sense, and here's why and how. They don't because they can't. Prohibition is prohibition, and it means you can't. That's what prohibition means. Something is prohibited. Now, I know I'm going off on a bit of a tirade today, but I do that from time to time. Uh, Let's take a step back here. This show is brought to you by the Human Solution International and the Coffee Party Radio Network. And it is being broadcast and podcast and every kind of cast we can think about. And it is going um, right now out of Lisa Wildridge's feed. And I just shared it off of my feed as a live feed on Facebook, which is a little throw up in my mouth a little bit over the word Facebook. But it is here. It's a tool. We use it, and that's what it's all about. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about making a difference out there. So as I said, the human solution, that's what this show is brought to you by and for. And I want to talk about the human solution. We're going to have hopefully some guests come on. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that we can and do and how we do it, why we do it. Well, why not why we do it? We do it because it's the right thing to do. <clears throat> There's no further explanation needed. There is no justification that makes any sense to anybody that has a soul or a beating heart that says you can't have a plant for any reason or any amount or any whatever. There's nothing that says you can't have a plant that makes any sense. So when a government, an agency of any kind, says you can't have a plant, I don't know, no flag goes off in my head. That ain't right. Why can't I have a plant? That's a plant that would grow anyways, whether I was here or not, whether the government that says I can or can't have it was here or not. That plant's going to be here either way. So how is it that I can't have one? So I can't have 10. Why can't I have six and not seven? Why can't I have this but not that? Who, who, where does that make sense? And then to say that it needs to be taxed and regulated, what about the children? Again, I'm not going to. Well, I probably will. I do this. We'll talk about it, you know. I I just reset, so I guess I must have forgot everything I've ever said in life. So let's do it again. Last time didn't seem to work. We still have prohibition. We still have people that don't get it. We still have people getting locked up. We still have people getting locked up and not wanting to do anything about it. We still have people getting locked up and, and, and having a bad attitude about it. That's what I can't understand. How is it that anybody who's locked up where this doesn't want to reach out in the best possible way to people that get this, that's been there, done that, and know how to deal with it. Well, that's what we're here all about. And that's what this show's about. I hope you're hearing me good. I have a little bit of a technical glitch today. 
my normal phones that I use that have a landline are not working today. But hopefully the cell signal that we have is carrying strong enough and y'all can hear me. Hopefully raise your hands or throw some likes or whatever. Do something that says you can hear me. I'm hoping that that is the case. Um, if so, we will continue. If not, we'll continue anyway. Um, so I want to talk about the human solution. We have, I don't know, probably from the beginning of this organization until now, we probably have 40, 50 chapters that have existed on some level at one point. And we're a very... Um, we're a very realistic organization, and we're a very unfunded organization. And we're an organization that is built on the backs of people that care, people that have been through this, people that have been locked up, people that have had loved ones that have been locked up. We have been to court. We have been to trial. We have been to jail. We have been tried, convicted, unconvicted. We have been through this. We are grassroots. We're not funded, so I don't have... <laughs> a lawyer I can drop in anybody's lap. Um, I don't have an army of soldiers at my beck and call. And if I did, I don't know. I'd probably relieve them all of duty because I'm not that kind of a leader. I am a leader. I'm a leader that teaches people how to stand up and how to organize and how to be effective. That's what this is about to me. I've been there. I've spent six years battling the government. I've had people berate me, chastise me, believe the prosecutors, claim all kinds of horrible things because I was being accused. I just kept marching. I kept asking for help. I kept organizing. I kept strategizing. I kept coming up with a way to overcome this, and that's the key. We shall overcome. We must overcome. We will overcome. And that's what this is all about. When enough of us stand up, when enough of us get together and in a room, and the room can be a virtual room that covers across the whole entire world, galaxies, if you can find somebody else that cares. The point is, is when enough of us get together and even think about this, changes happen. The right kind of changes. And, and, and passing laws that are heavily regulated and taxed, I'm sorry, folks, they don't cut it. They don't get the job done, and regardless of what happens, regardless of that there's some people that are doing it right with gigantic quotes around it, everybody else is doing it wrong, and everybody else is still illegal, and everybody else is still a criminal. And regardless of if the penalties have changed or the fines have changed, the stigma hasn't changed. And trust me, folks, when you get locked up, and it's a matter of time, You'll all get locked up at one point. I've been locked up a bunch of times. And I'm hoping not to go back. But I've got to tell you, today, it's actually harder. This show is more needed today than it was almost 10 years ago when I was going through it. Four years ago, they dismissed my case. Ten years ago, my case started. We'll figure that one out. What we've learned along the way, we have 40 or some chapters, and, you know, we have all these Facebook pages and all these little uh, uh, outlets of information, and I watch, you know, members of some of these chapters that aren't 
active members of the human solution anymore, but they were at one point, or maybe they are on some level. But they post things that don't have anything to do with us, such as all this immigration stuff. It's not that we don't care. It's not that we're not supportive of families having a pathway to immigrate, and and we, we support all human rights so that a family should be together. Of course, it's a given. It's not even a debatable point. That's not the issue. The issue is we're here today to help end prohibition. That's our stated mission. The Human Solution International is a civil rights 501c3 with a mission to educate and support with the goal of ending prohibition. That's what we do. We're not a lobby group. We're not trying to pass a law. We're not trying to gather signatures. We're not a lot of things. But what we are is we're a grassroots, nonprofit, all-volunteer organization that cares. We care a lot. I care a lot enough to do a show every week or when I can, most every week, for free at the cost of, of time and energy and, and you know, no corporate sponsorship. Nobody gets to, gets to lead us around by a chain. And for one purpose and one purpose only to educate people, to teach people about what prohibition is and isn't. That legalization is a crock of shit. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work and it won't work. And everywhere, every single place that has passed these laws, there's flaws. Flaws to every law. And there's still people locked up. And that's got to stop. And that's what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about it. We're here to end it. The human solution denotes an actual solution in its name, for God's sake. It's not the human problem. So, yeah, of course, we can talk about the problem and blah, 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 talk about the problem. Why don't we talk about the solution? Why don't we talk about what we can actually do to stand up and make this stop? When enough people get pissed off about something, things change. And I keep watching it happen everywhere but in this arena. Everywhere but in this arena, and in this arena, we're all going, woo, we won, it's already done. Let's start a business. What the fuck is wrong with everybody? And part of my French, I feel really good in life, but that clears my head enough to say, why is everybody so, I don't want to uh, insult people who can't help that they can't think. So why is everybody so ignorant? Ignorance is not a situation that cannot be overcome. Why are we so ignorant? Why are we not informed? Why is everybody so willing to put energy into things other than fix this problem? Fix it. Not talk about it. Not blah, blah about it. Let's fix it. All right, so we got Craig Cecil calling in right now. He's calling in from federal prison where he's serving a life term. And we have Linda Booten going to be coming on, and I do uh, definitely want to hear her, Linda, and we're going to try to help best as we can. Um, but first, Craig gets his time, and he's serving a life term, so this is what we can offer him. An inmate at a federal prison. This call is being recorded, and it's subject to monitoring. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. We're sweltering here in uh, Durham, Indiana. Well, it's been in the 90s for over a week now, and oh boy, <laughs> we're sweltering over here in Southern California. But it's only the first day of swelter, so we're uh, we're at the last day of spring, and we take summer seriously out here. As soon as the 
the, the calendar switches, the heat comes on. So I think we're all hunkering down for a good swelter. Yeah, I think so, because it's been brutal here, hot and humid. And remember, we don't have any air or any kind of ventilation here. So it, it makes for some long days. I, I, I can only imagine I, I, the big difference between the humidity and not humidity um, with that airflow, if you got a little airflow, it can be a huge, huge difference. And that air still and hot, you can hardly breathe. I, I, if you weren't in the situation you were, it would still be hell. I can't imagine adding, adding your situation to it. But we did have some good marijuana news in the last couple of days, I understand, from up north. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're hearing some good things. We're hearing some uh, – you don't hear about a lot of bad things, but why don't you share what you've heard, and I'll share some of the things that I've heard. Well, I mainly hear that the, the country is moving in the direction of legalizing recreational marijuana, except they – like you say, where everybody's a bit apprehensive is they haven't really defined what recreational marijuana sales is yet. <laughs> well, so yeah. We, we don't really know what they're allowing. <laughs> yeah, and that's part of the problem is these regulations, um, as they're happening, right, right now in California, they are in the process of enacting a very, very restrictive, um, you know, recreational policy. And what's happening is um, it's making so that a couple of people can be compliant, and most people won't. And without a whole lot of money and a whole lot of um, knowledge and um, the ability to jump through these endless hoops, most people are still going to be in the gray or black market. But the problem is with that, and this is a problem I keep trying to bring out to people's attention, is the second that they get these licensed facilities online, they start to crunch after everybody else. And they do it with the vigor, and they do it with the support of the licensed people because it cuts out their, their competition and what their whole, you know, thing is. And, you know, on a business stance, of course, they're right. They're justified. If I have a license for something and you don't, I have to pay all this money to be in business and you don't, it's not it's not fair. And so but the point is when these laws are so restrictive and so prohibitive that they make it very difficult, if not virtually impossible, for most people to comply with, what does that do? You know, and, and that's where we're at in most places where where uh, you know, quote unquote legalization has happened. Well, but I think the good news is, is I think we're, we may be taking, you know, uh, three steps forward and two steps back, but I think we're still moving, moving ahead. So I think that's the good news. Oh, absolutely. And, and from your perspective, of course, um, any step is a good step. And, you know, they, they're, they're making some progress on the CBD front too, which is important to a lot of people. Um, and, you know, they're claiming that non-psychoactive cannabinoids are not being looked at in the same way that the other ones are. So uh, there's very much a, uh, you know, there, there is a changing tide. But I keep hearing about people getting locked up, um, you know, both by the state and the feds. The feds are still locking people up. 
and uh, you know, it's just a it's a very uh, disheartening thing when you know a lot of the world is celebrating, and there's still people getting taken out right and left. Well, and there is an opposition group. I have an article in my hand uh, that I cut out of the Wall Street Journal yesterday, and it's written by a person that, that you well know, Patrick Kennedy. <laughs> and uh, the title of the article is, This is No Time to Go to Pot. And kind of his uh, tagline in the article is, Legalizing marijuana encourages use of harder drugs and sets back, and sets back the cause of social justice. And his only argument seems to be that the uh, edibles might might get eaten by children. That's, that's the only thing I got out of the whole article. <laughs> well, you know, the thing of it is, and, and, and I wish somebody would have this conversation, because there are more overdose deaths of, by children with pharmaceutical drugs and other compounds than there ever could be with cannabis. Because even if a child overdoses on cannabis, he won't die from it. And that's the thing. He might have a crappy experience. He might get flipped out. He might, you know, think he's going to die, but he won't. And yet kids are dying with fentanyl and every other kind of pharmaceutical drug. They get in, they see their, their, their mom's, you know, happy pills laying on the ground or sitting on the counter, and they grab it, and they eat it, because they looks like a candy, right? Every single pill looks like a candy. And, you know, how do you think a kid's going to react to eating four or five Xanaxes or Prozac or, or hydrocodone or whatever the hell other pharmaceutical drugs that everybody's got laying around? I don't know. They don't talk about that. Well, another thing is, as we both commented before, and the, there seems to be a whole lot of studies uh, recently that are concluding that marijuana is a good drug to use to wean people up, to wean people off of uh, opioids and you know the serious uh, drugs that they're taking uh, for treatment of PTSD. So really, marijuana is being shown to be the drug, not the gateway drug to harder drugs, but rather the the gateway from harder drugs back to sobriety. Well, you know, it's funny, Craig. I, I made that comment almost 10 years ago when I was running my dispensary before I had gotten raided, and I noticed what was happening, and people that were, that was when the Oxycontin, you know, uh, wave was just starting to get in full tilt, and I had a lot of my clients that were uh, battling with addiction, and we didn't know what we were doing, but we just knew that cannabis seemed to help, and we would give them concentrates, and we would give them edibles and things like that, and, um, you know, that was, we learned early on, again, this is almost 10 years ago, and we were learning at that time that, um, you know, there was a, a, a gateway out, and that's what I had, you know, I was on record at one point many years ago making that exact same comment. Well, I do know that there's um, a whole cadre of uh, Veterans Administration doctors that are pushing extremely hard to make it available for them to prescribe to, you know, our best for treatment of their PTSD after coming back from the Middle East wars and all that. These doctors have determined it works. I mean, that's hard to argue with. Well, you know, it's interesting about um, 
seven years ago, I was working with a, a clinical psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Chris Fitchner, and he was working at that time, almost, yeah, seven years ago, uh, he was working with veterans, and he was coming up with the same, uh, same type of conclusions, you know, and again, he's a, he's a clinical, you know, he's a, a, a psychiatrist, he's a medical doctor. And, uh, you know, once again, still the Veterans Association or Veterans Administrations all over the country um, in, in some limited scope might be allowing a little bit, but for the most part, if you're on pain management, you don't get to use cannabis. And it's, uh, it's really a sickening uh, a reality that's still, that's still playing hard. I understand what, what there's a British company has applied to the FDA um, to legalize, a, I guess it's a cannabinoid pill, uh, to treat seizures and, and you know, have some um, application to PTSD matters. But that one's currently before the FDA, so they are going to have to at least provide some research and answer on it. It's going to be interesting to watch that. Well, yeah. Another one, I guess, just started this week, and, and I don't know if the comparison might be good or apt, is uh, there's a group that's uh, applied for legalization of MDMA. Let's call it some of ecstasy. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, how is the FDA going to treat these things when the, uh, this is what the DEA survives off of, you know, prosecuting those. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they're, they're finding values to uh, psychedelics as well, uh, psilocybin mushrooms and even uh, lysergic acid, LSD. It, they're finding that there are psychological values to measured uses of these things. And, you know, it's, if they can validate this, because the whole deal with Schedule 1 is that the claim is that there's no known medical use. And for that statement to be true, there can be no known medical use. And even if there's even if there's a small known medical use, that should remove it from the Schedule One category. And that becomes so obvious as I look around here in the prison because uh methamphetamine is a schedule two drug. Because right. I you know, I guess there is some situations where amphetamine and even methamphetamine is you know, is prescribed for, you know, some sort of condition. Yeah, you need to stay away for a long time. <laughs> oh, they're all missing their teeth. Yeah. All, I mean, it, it, it's had a really tough toll on them, whereas I've yet to see somebody that has battle scars from using marijuana. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's so true. You know, the thing that's so funny, and, and I keep having this conversation, it's a big joke amongst, you know, amongst men and women all over the place. Oh, let's go have a glass of wine. Everybody wants to talk about a glass of wine, a bottle of wine, a cocktail, a drink. And yet, you look and see what alcohol does to people over long term, and especially with abuse of it. Um, and yet, it is the most socially accepted thing. And it's not even scheduled at all. It's a, it's a recreational product. It can be drunk by anybody over a certain age. Um, at any time without it being even even regulated. And so, you know, it's a, it's a crazy situation that some of the most dangerous compounds are not only legal, but they're, they're endorsed. They're endorsed heartily 
by our whole nation and our whole, you know, community. It's crazy. Oh, and I think with alcohol, uh, for one, it's addictive. Secondly, a, a really bad uh, alcoholic can die if they're cut off cold turkey. Yeah. I mean, it's a serious drug compared to marijuana. And I think all of us as adults, we, we know people that have basically been killed by alcohol, you know, in one way or another. But I don't know. I've yet to be able to point some to somebody other than a, a life sentence prisoner and say he died from marijuana. <laughs> Exactly. Well, you know, and that's an interesting point you make. We've now entered a place in society where I think everybody knows somebody who's been in prison. And probably most people know somebody who's been in prison for a nonviolent crime. And at the same time, like you mentioned, we all probably know somebody who died or is dying from alcohol. And, you know, what a, what a, a, a conundrum that is. Oh, it's our, our criminal justice system, especially the federal criminal justice system, it just really needs so many things to change. Because why, like a situation like me with no prior criminal history, I was arrested at 42 years old. Had I been arrested for raping somebody, my sentencing guidelines would be 33 three months of imprisonment. But because I conspired, I helped a company haul drugs by, by the operation of my truck repair. That, you know, garnered me a, a life sentence under the guidelines. There, there's definitely some changes that need to be made in our laws. Well, I couldn't agree more. That was your first speech, Greg. I want to make sure you get all the time you need. Well, as you know, my biggest push is, is for everybody to please get a hold of your lawmakers. Talk to the lawmakers a uh, you know, why does violent crimes only carry up to 20 years, but possession of marijuana or possession of any drug carries up to life? We need to look at criminal justice reform. We need people devoted to that, but we need our Congress people to really look and to really fix the system. We're destroying too many lives uh, through imprisonment, through parents in prison, through uncles and moms, and, and, you know, and all that in prison that, that's just destroying too many lives and too many families. We need to fix this. Our, our Congress people need to know that the people want it. I couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, you know, I have a feeling that that was that. Unfortunately, um, when this 15 minutes is up, it just stops. The, the, the line disconnects. And uh, he's probably still talking and I'm still talking. And... Um, you know, for everybody who's listening, maybe uh, there's some folks that are listening for the first time. Uh, that's Craig Cecil. He's currently serving a life sentence for pot. And um, he was a nonviolent offender. He was a first-time offender. Um, of all the people that I know that are locked up today or have ever been locked up, I, I got to admit, there's plenty of folks that are locked up that don't deserve it for some of their charges, but probably deserve it for something else. It's not for me to judge. So I'm here to support ending prohibition, making a world where you can't get locked up for cannabis. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here to judge people for their, for their personalities or their actions or, or anything else. Perhaps you've done something else 
um, that you deserve to be locked up for. That's not for me to judge. What I do judge is that this is a set of bad laws all across the country, all across the world. And any set of laws that allows for anybody to be locked up as a result of the possession, transportation, distribution, sales, giving away, uh, manufacturing, whatever possible, especially a conspiracy to do any of those things, any law that allows for that to be a crime, I need you to justify to me why it's not a bad law. You know, you can say things like, well, it has uh, ties to uh, the mafia, ties to um, uh, other crime. Um, it, it can be any number of things like that, but that's not directly why this law is justified. You want to justify violent acts? I mean, uh, you know, make illegal violent acts. They're already illegal. Go after those violent people. If you think that uh, somebody who is selling pot, growing pot, transporting pot is connected to uh, a syndicate or some kind of, um, you know, uh, what do they call that? Um, Organized crime. There you go. Organized crime. If that's the case and you can prove it, then go after them for that. I am in no way a proponent of organized crime. I am a proponent of freedom. I am a proponent of people being able to do whatever they want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. That's what I'm a proponent of. It's called liberty. Liberty, freedom. I don't know. We seem to think that our company, our country is, is built on those premises. All right. We're going to move forward. Um, again, I've got Linda Booten on the line. Uh, i got Creed Leffler. He needs to talk. He doesn't have a lot of time. Creed's been a friend of the show for a long time. Um, hopefully the signal here is good enough that everybody's going to be able to understand each other. Creed has a, a couple of petitions out there that he's promoting, and I've been off the air for a couple of weeks. So here we go. Creed, you're live on the air. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Oh, good. Okay, uh, I have to speak quickly because I have a seminar to go to. Um, it's actually at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern, uh, and the number to dial is 669-900-6833, and the meeting ID is 435-333. Six seven one, uh, but on the petition I created, I have six thousand two hundred and ninety nine signatures uh, to get marijuana off of the Schedule One controlled substance list, and the YouTube one that Lisa created, I believe it has fifty three signatures. The last time I looked. All right. Well. Um, we will again share the uh, the link to the computer. I mean, to the uh, petition on our live stream, so that other people can see it. Uh, Lisa Woodridge, who helped create the petition, is going to help uh, get that out there. And of course, we support uh, all the work you're doing, Queen. We're, we're grateful for your help. The meeting is about. 
And the meeting is about investing in cannabis. Okay, well, it's uh, I guess I, I guess that's a, a, a good idea. Along as well as long as you're willing to invest in high risk investment, it's, it's still a very high risk investment. Read the ID and the number operator. Okay, um, and it's at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight, and the number again is six six nine. Nine zero zero six eight three three, and the ID is four three five three 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 six seven one. All right, Creed. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, obviously, I hope people stay on the line and listen to my show. But if you feel like listening to uh, a, a, a seminar about investing in cannabis, uh, that was the number. All right, Creed. Well, you have yourself a great uh, seminar, and uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. Good. Thanks. All right. We'll talk very soon. All right, folks, so that's Creed Leffler. Once again, we're going to be posting the uh, um, the two petitions that he's got out there, and one of them is about, um, you know, petitioning the federal government to uh, deschedule cannabis, and the other one is about uh, censorship of YouTube videos. Uh, there's been a number of uh, cannabis advocates on YouTube that have had their shows cut off and YouTube's answer to that is that um, it cuts into people's ability to make money. And, you know, frankly, once again, when we speak loudly, we can get things done. And if people believe that a, a forum like YouTube, which is a money-making endeavor, but many people rely on it as a source of information and consider it to be somewhat of an open source, to have somebody stomping on other people's ability to speak freely about something that is not hate speech and that is not speech about destruction, I don't know, seems a little off to me. So maybe there's another thing that we can do. So let's certainly let our voices be heard. And again, I talk about reaching outside of our comfort zone. I speak with people all the time, and they'll ask me about my ribbon, which I'm not wearing right now, but I normally do, my little solidarity ribbon, and they asked me about it. Oh, look at that. I'm about to wear it. I'm about to wear it right now. But the point is, is, is people will ask me in, in conversation or they'll, they'll, they'll uh, you know, find out who I am or, or, or what the work that I do is, and they'll, you know, we'll start talking. And I inevitably, from most people, get this reluctance to do anything because, you know, it's just inconvenient. It's difficult. It's costly. It's a pain in the ass to get out there and make change in the world. And to me, I say, well, what if you're the one that's locked up? Don't you want people to be inconvenienced enough to make a world where that can't happen anymore? Yeah, of course you do. But unfortunately, as with most people, unless you feel the sting of prohibition, most people are not going to be moved to act. I've been very blessed to be uh, surrounded by a number of people who have not been stung and still do act. And you, I salute um, deeply. I salute anybody who stands up 
of course. But um, for those of you that are willing to act without having suffered or without having a loved one having suffered, uh, there's something special about you um, in, 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 a, in a way that is exceptional, and I really want to honor that. Um, so the human solution, we're going to get to Linda next, um, but I, I do want to explain the human solution. Um, we have been around now almost 10 years, and we've had, you know, some of the world's most known activists and advocates in our midst at one point or another as members, as board members, as, as you know, activists of the year, the month, the week, the whatever. There's been every kind of people um, through our ranks. Um, we're not so much about the glory. We're, so, we're more about being effective. We're more about getting the job done. And what we've learned over time is that when we run out there and try to save people that don't really want to be saved, we end up getting bit in the ass. And when we, we try to, um, I don't know, respond without being asked to respond, the response in return has always been less than valuable to either side. But when the right set of circumstances come together, and when a defendant or, or, or set of defendants or an advocate or a set of advocates all of a sudden has an epiphany that, hey, these guys have been through it. They have sat in courtrooms all across the country. They have sat in state cases, federal cases, family law cases, um, CPS cases, you name it. We have personally experienced this. We have been locked up. We have gotten out of prison. We've been in prison. We've been charged. We've been exonerated. We've gone through just about everything there is to go through. And what we've learned is that buying a lawyer usually is not the answer unless you can afford a bunch of them and a bunch of really good ones. Yeah, you can buy your way out of most things if you have that kind of money. But if you have that kind of money, you probably don't need us. But if you have heart and if, you have, if you've been doing good work and not screwed people, you probably have a bunch of people that will stand by you. And I find that to be an indicator. When you have people that are willing to stand up and willing to listen as well as direct, willing to communicate freely without being judgmental or asshole-ish, you can accomplish anything. And there have been a number of cases in the last several years where the right set of circumstances came together and the right group of people and the right kind of case where we were able to rally the, 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 the needed response. And that needed response isn't a bunch of dirty hippies with, with holy jeans, bare feet, and, and, and torn tie-dye T-shirts that haven't taken a shower in three weeks. It's not that. The response that we bring is an educated response. The response that we bring is a clear message. The response that we bring is a effective response. We show up as needed, as the situation would warrant. We show up with respect to the environment that we're in. We show up with the knowledge of what we can and cannot do. We show up with the knowledge of what we should and should not do. And that, my friends, is what makes the difference. And that, my friends, is what the human solution can 
and will do if the right set of circumstances come to play. And what is needed is somebody, at least one person who gets that and is willing to dig in and get the legwork done and come up with a plan and, or, and coordinate and figure out every plan is different. There is not a blueprint that is good for everybody, every case, every courtroom, every situation. There isn't one. But there are a number of blueprints that we can pull from. There are a number of, of, of strategies that we can pull from, from experience that goes back again 10 years. And I don't know, I'd say probably well over 100 cases that we have participated in on some level or another. And I can tell you this, folks. Every time, every time, every single time, without exception, that we had the right set of circumstances and the right uh, the, the defendants that were willing and advocates that were willing and enough people that were willing to stand together and follow direction and be coordinated and to coordinate and bring their creativity and ideas and thoughts together and work as one, we have been successful every single time. Now, there have been many, many cases that fell short of that that we're missing a piece of that, when that, we're, that, that, that we're in some way flawed. There's been most of the cases that were flawed in some way. Some of those we win, some we don't. But even when we don't win and you get a community that stands together and experiences what this is all about, oh, yes, we do win. And when a person gets taken out unjustly and there are people watching and paying attention and the word gets spread out and unfortunately they become martyrs of sorts. But oh yes, we win then too because it brings the fire alive. It brings awareness together. It brings people together when they have a cause to rally around. Just as the innocent child being torn apart from, from family members in whatever situation it is whether it's because they were growing a plant in their backyard or because they were uh, in the wrong country at one time or another that affects people. So I really want you to realize that when people come to us with the right heart and the right mind and an open mind and a willingness to participate, you know, this is an organization that is an incredible amplifier but not a sufficient power supply. We need you if we're going to help you. That's how it works. That's how it has always worked. That's how it worked for me. Six-year battle, folks, six years. And I was, again, chastised by my peers. I was chastised by the government. I was chastised by so many people because, you know what, I must have been doing something wrong if they put so much attention on me. But you know what? That didn't matter. And today I'm a free man. Today I'm exonerated because of the human solution. It was because of the hard work. It was because of the plans. It was because of the support. It was because of the people that stood by and wouldn't let this happen. That's how and why. And there's, I'm not alone. There's a lot of people that stand in the same situation as I do. So I just really want everybody to realize that we're not a political group. We're a 501c3. We're not here to debate politics. We're not here to uh, talk about, you know, every 
possible type of an injustice out there. We're here working hard to end prohibition and all of the uh, fallout that comes and from it. And the parents being separated from their children as a result of prohibition, we are 100% there to stop. And we've been talking about this for so many years, so, so many years. All right, let's bring up Linda Booten. She is, um, I believe, a sister-in-law of Mike Booten. I'm not sure exactly where she fits in. I know she's a family member of Mike and Tawny. Uh, Linda, welcome to the show. I, I, I know a bit of... Um, your situation, and um, and I, I, I'd like to hear more and see what we can do to help. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, why don't you start by, by giving us, uh, bringing us up to speed about, um, you know, the situation at hand and your um, your role in the family, and, and then let's work on developing a plan. All right, sounds good. Well, I and Tawny were in Tennessee, and apparently where they had their bus parked, the house was, I guess it's a knock and talk back there in Tennessee. So the guy opened the door, and they smelled pot, and I guess that's enough for them to go in the house. And so they found the pot plants in the house. And then they asked Mike if they could search the bus, and of course Mike said no, not without a warrant. <laughs> but uh, apparently... They didn't tell them that they couldn't leave, but they didn't tell them that they could leave, and they were standing around somewhat making sure that they didn't leave. And they ended up getting the dogs in a search warrant, and they found what they had on their bus because that's where they live. That's where they have everything they own. And so they were arrested there in Jackson, Tennessee, which I hear is one of the worst states to be arrested in. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely among them, that's for sure. Yeah. So they're in Madison County Jail. Um, they have a defense fund, I think, from Michael Minardi, but I don't know anything about him down in Florida. Mike doesn't even know how he really got involved. But he's, you know, of course, welcoming any help he can get. <laughs> well, uh, they seem I, to be... I do know Michael Minardi. Um, he's been a, a friend of the show. I, I have uh, actually traveled to Oklahoma with Michael um, um, for another case that we were supporting a couple, uh, a little more than a year ago. Um, and if you're able to um, talk to Michael Minardi um, and, and invite him to come on the show, I, I welcome him. I haven't talked to him in a little while, um, but I know he has done a lot of good work, and uh, he's very much an advocate of the medical necessity defense that can be applied even in states where there is not a, a medical defense allowed by law. Okay. That sounds good. So I don't have you thought have you spoken with Michael? With I Michael haven't Minardi? With, no, I haven't. Okay. Well I will see if I can reach out to him. I haven't talked to him in a little while. Um but I, I will definitely uh uh you know place a call to him for sure. Okay, that'd be great. I know he's he's That's- accomplished a lot in a number of different states, um, and they they tend to be, you know, cannabis cases where there's not a lot of uh, legal protection uh, available to a defendant. Yeah, the one one of the ones that Mike has representing him has never really experienced a case like this. So we'd like to educate her as much as we could. 
Well, and, and what is the state of the law in Tennessee? Do you know? I actually really don't. Okay. Um, and I, I understand that there's um, some federal charges at play. Do you know what's, what's involved? I don't know much about the case other than I've had a lot of people, um, you know, ask if we're supporting it. And, of course, we're supporting anybody who is, um, you know, locked up for pot. But um, the difference is, is to be able to participate in, a, in the support, um, that's where you come in. I need, uh, you know, more than just to know where somebody's housed to be able to help. I mean, money is one thing, yeah. People can donate money, and, and of course, that's great. But, you know, say 10000 or $20,000 came in, what would that do? You know, it, right. it, it, maybe 50000 came in. So what? Now you got a lawyer that got some money. What does that actually do? And that's the key to this. I'm not a big fundraiser. I'm I'm uh, an organizer. I'm I'm somebody that was can work with you and and organize boots on the ground and come up with a true strategy. Um, in order to do that, I need you know to know more about um, you know the support team and the situation. I don't need to know the specifics about the case. That's certainly um, you know not entirely. Uh, needed if it was to go to trial, of course, you know all that would come out in discovery anyway, so um right. you know certainly long before a trial was ever set uh you know the the facts of the case would come out so so as far as um you know a support team goes, I understand there's a bunch of people on Facebook. I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook anymore, so I don't really know uh what's going on there, but what what is the support team like as far as real people? Um, I actually don't know a lot of the people personally. It's uh, Team Booten, and they have some shirts that they're doing to try to raise some money. They send them money for their books and stuff for commissary. Mike and Tony have had to do the sick calls, and that costs out of your commissary. They ended up having to put uh, Tony on some blood pressure medicine, and that comes out of her commissary. And, you know, just trying to get a hold of people and phone calls and just support that way. They've tried to help a lot. Trying to get addresses out there for people to write them letters and give them some support. Sure. And and that is absolutely important for the for the moral support side of things and, and it's 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 paramount. Um, if somebody's gonna be able to stand and fight, you have to be able to keep your uh yourself together um and that you know i've been i've been i've been in his situation so i i absolutely know the stress of the situation and the and the the severity of it especially in um you know in in an inhospitable uh housing situation um do you know as far as court dates go has there been a court date set or what's the status of the case they do have another court date on july 3rd I believe that's for, um, I'm not sure if that's the federal part or the state part. And then they also have another court date that we're aware of on September 4th, and that's an evidentiary hearing. That's all I know of so okay. far. Well, if you could, I, and I will, um, I'll give you my personal cell number. Um, okay. Are you able to take a number down right now? Sure. All right. My number is 951 951- Four three six six three one two. 
And uh, if you can find out as many details as you can about the actual state of the case, not specific details about the case unless, you know, they want to share them. That's not what I'm looking for. Just the charges, um, you know, the, what is state and what's federal? Has there been a federal indictment? Um, I mean, I, I, I need to know, well, in order for me to be more helpful, the more I can understand, um, the better equipped I will be. And that's really the key to this. Um, the okay. ability to communicate is paramount in this. It sounds like, unfortunately, you know, there's going to be kind of a long road to hoe. It doesn't sound like yep. anybody's pushing to make this thing go fast, which means, you know, more time spent. Is, is there a bail set? Is there? Um, yeah, 200000 I believe. So basically they need to raise up $20,000 to cover a bond. Correct. And probably have some kind of property secured to it. So um, has there been, you know, a, a press release or – a story from the point of view of what is what are they trying to accomplish? I mean, I get we need to raise money, but is there are there targets that are set out there that somebody can see? Is there is there a press release put out? Is there um, you know something that 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 puts this together so that somebody who doesn't know about this case can learn quickly? There's a very short attention span, unfortunately, um, in society today. So. You know, in our, if I get somebody's attention, I need to be able to say, here, go here. There's all the information you need. It'll reach out and touch you. You'll want to be involved. That's, that's the kind of thing that needs to be put together. We do have a okay. website on the Human Solution International that we do have, um, you know, a section for cases that we support. I know that we can put together something like that for you if, if that's important and that's something you're willing to, to do. Okay. This is all new to me. <laughs> well, and, and again, it's new to most of us that have, that have gone through it. When I got arrested, I was 42 years old. The first time I got arrested, I'd never seen the inside of a jail. I'd never seen the inside of a courthouse aside from a, you know, a traffic ticket when I was a kid. And it, I, there's no roadmap. There's no, um, you know, there's no book that says you are here. Uh, the closest thing to that is us. We have, you know, people that have been through it. I, I understand the system as well as probably most attorneys and, and most uh, most people that have you know served time because I've been there um, and so I can I can understand the language um, I understand the process and there are certain times where um, having people's support and and media coverage and attention to this can be very important. There's also a, a big part of this is really important to understand too is what the defendants want is really the only thing that matters. If the defendants want this kind of help, then, you know, it's important that you find that out and share that with us because um, the last thing I would want to ever do is something that went against a defendant's wishes, regardless of whether I, I believed it or not or regardless of whether I supported it or not, it wouldn't matter. I would never want to do what I thought was right when somebody didn't want that. So it's right. going to be important for anybody that's involved to be on the same page. And another thing to understand, and, and this is another thing that I think is really important, attorneys don't always want what we want. And so there's a, a, 
a delicate balance in place sometimes. An attorney, we might say it's important for us to bring strong support in the courtroom, or it might be important for us to say we need to get news coverage of this story, or we might think it's important to have a rally out in front of a courthouse one day. Um, any of those things might be important to us, whereas an attorney might not want that attention. An attorney, unfortunately, in my opinion, most of the time wants to control the whole situation, and they want right. to feel like whatever comes of it, it's at their doing. And unfortunately, I've sat in a lot of courtrooms, and I've watched a lot of defense attorneys, and frankly, I hate to break it down to you, but most of them suck. And most of them are just not that good. And prosecutors are typically better. And I I wish it wasn't that way. But I have seen more bumbling uh, defense attorneys um, and and, and do shoddy work and and be not prepared and and be not on point, be not sharp, and they upset the court and they cause problems. And yet they don't ever want our intervention. And never, but more often than not. So just be mindful from somebody who has, you know, gone through three felony cases personally and sat in probably close to a hundred cases across the country. Um, it's, it's not always what, what the, what the attorney wants is not necessarily the best thing. Um, so I would ask for you if you could, before, you know, we're able to do much more, is to talk to uh, Mike and Tony and, and, you know, share the experience that you had here. Um, Realize that this radio show is a forum that is yours to use. You can call every week. I would encourage you to call every week and share um, the progress. Um, Gathering community support is a very difficult, arduous, um, time-consuming thing. Um, People lose interest quickly and, um, they're not quick to, to, to jump in and show their support. So these are things to be aware of and, and, and a, a constant drumbeat of positive and um, coordinated messaging is, is very valuable or can be, and that's kind of what, what, what I'm here to help you do. Anyways, um, you have my personal number now, and, uh, you know, let's talk. Um, you know, maybe tomorrow or whenever you're able to talk to Mike and Tony and see what they specifically want to do. And, um, you know, let's go from there. Okay. That sounds very good. I will get in touch with them and find all these things out. (laughs) All right. Well, again, I I realize it's kind of a, you know, you're you're like a a deer in the headlights sometimes because it's all new and uh, it's scary crap, and, you know, you don't want your loved ones to be going through, you know, a hardship of any kind. So um, just realize that there's a lot of wonderful people associated with this organization, um, some very uh, exceptional people. And when the time is right and when the willingness is there, um, you know, we can bring forth an incredible energy. So I certainly, you know, want to make that available to you and to them. Okay, that sounds good. Hey, Joe, we have Terry on the line who's um, really part of this whole thing. Terry uh, Catrone-Lo, so maybe you might want to add her in. (laughs) Oh, you betcha. Hang on, I'm going to bring Terry up live. Don't be laughing at me. (laughs) 
Terry, my friend, you finally come aboard. Welcome, welcome. We got Linda on hey, the line brother. Now. Well, that's why I called in. I'm listening. And I saw that you were asking her about the charges and stuff, and so I may have a little more info for that. Okay. Um, okay, so when Mike called me, they do have state and federal charges. Charges are manufacturing, and they have their federal charges. I'm trying to read my gibberish writing real fast. Uh, the federal charges are trafficking. And they have been indicted. And um, in Tennessee, they have a Schedule 6, which they call it there. And um, so that's what they are under a Schedule 6. He and Tawny are definitely not going to take a plea. And they do want to take this to the box. And, um, yeah, is um... Well, um, Terry, you were you were listening to the the conversation that I had with Linda. Um, is there anything you want of to course. add to that? I I know you've been uh, very active with our organization, and you've been in many courtrooms. Um, you've sat and watched defendants and those that stood up and fought, and those that you know kind of didn't. Um, You've seen a lot of, of, of this, so I know that you, you have a lot of experience to lend to this. Is there anything I missed, or do you feel like, um, you know, we've, we've uh, been presented in a, in a fair, fair manner? Oh, no. I, I feel like you got it all. I feel that that was good, and um, I'm actually happy they want to take it to the box, you know? Well, you know, it's, it's, our, it's our opinion, and as a grassroots civil rights organization, um, we're not a lobby group. We're not like most of the big, you know, activist groups out there that believe that, you know, we're going to change the law, so that's all that's needed. We're not those people. We're the other people. We're the ones that say that when enough people stand up and fight, we can change policy. With public sentiment, anything is possible. And without it, nothing is possible. And public sentiment comes when enough people stand up and say, hey, whoa, whoa, hold on now. That's not okay anymore. And there's been dozens, if not hundreds of laws from the inception of this country until today that have been changed and overturned, not by a passage of a bill, not by a referendum, but by the will of the people standing up and saying, it's not going to happen anymore. There's been war over this. And that's what we're about. We're about bringing the heart of us as Americans, as individuals, as free, liberty-minded people that recognize our inherent God-given right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. That's what this is about. And when we see somebody willing to stand up and say, you know what, I'm sorry, maybe I broke a law, but it's not a good law. Somebody needs to stand up for this the same way that puts so many a smile others. on my face. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I was watching somebody um, had made a post about this whole immigration thing, and that was kind of their equation. They talked about all the times when people broke laws. And I'm thinking to myself, why didn't you mention the drug laws? Why didn't you exactly. mention all, all these people that have been assassinated by our drug laws? Well, it's my turn. I am mentioning those. So, you know, we, we welcome those that stand up wherever they are 
Um, it, 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 it saddens me that it still has to happen, but I frankly don't believe that no matter what the law says, until enough of us stand up and until enough of us say enough, I don't think it's going to really change. I just think that we're going to still be imprisoned and enslaved the way that we are currently. So, um, well, you know, I agree with that. We'll keep on helping. I just, I'm just happy that the, this man is standing to fight, and you know, yeah. if we can get some people around him and uh, pack the courtroom with our code of conduct human solution members. And whatever other support system he has, I think, um, you know, we can educate some people along the way and change some stuff, you know? That's what it's all about, my friend. That's what okay, we do, I'm right? I'm glad you came over to the other side. You you come over to the, uh, um, you come over to to the the broadcast side, and I, I, I'm pleased to have you join us. Well, I, you know, you know me. <laughs> I do I my do. undercover work, I man. <laughs> and I like you too. All right, Joe. <laughs> awesome. I love well, you, brother. You and uh, you let's let's get a press release for these guys out and get some help for them. You betcha. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, peace. All right. Yep. All right, that's Terry Catron Lowe, uh, active member of the Human Solution in Good Standing, and Linda Booten. Linda, is there anything else you want to say? How does somebody get a hold of you if they want to help and they don't know how to how to help? Do you have a way to, to be reached? Um, I'm on Facebook under Linda Carlson Booten, and I also have an email, Linda L. Booten, at B-O-U-T-I-N, for people that don't know, at gmail.com. Beautiful. All right, Linda. Well, you have my number. I, I, I'm hoping to hear from you in the next day or so. And um, like I said, let's let's start working. I'm going to consider you and Terry to be the point people on this as you guys have more information than anybody else I know. Um, and, and I'll rely upon, um, you know, your direction for, for creating a, a strategy. Okay, that sounds great. Excellent. Thank you so much. Once again, folks, okay, thank Linda you, Boone, Joe. Um, She's a family member with uh, Mike and Tony Booten, who are currently in custody, facing state and federal charges for a plant. And, you know, um, if I was an alien from another planet and I was to be studying this planet, I would be scratching my head or wherever I kept my, my thought box um, and be thinking to myself, what the hell are they doing? locking each other up over a thing that grows that rock. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, all right, so we got 44 minutes left in the show, and i got a lot to talk about still. Um, we've been growing the human solution as, as uh, a team of activists, as a team of of human beings that care enough to reach outside of our comfort zone. And I was uh, fortunate enough two weeks ago to spend time with Pete and Helen Yapel in New York for literally one day. Um, but to watch the work that they're doing and, and this constant um, 
it's not a matter of, of in or outside of a comfort zone. This activism is their lives. Uh, everything they do is, is somehow connected to it. And it's not a matter of, you know, putting on your activist hat and going to talk. It's, it's part of the fiber of their being. And I, I've um, worked with Pete and Helen uh, on some level for a couple of years now, but uh, we've been working more closely. They're, they're heading up a chapter uh, in New York, and Pete's actually our sitting secretary of the Human Solution right now. So um, one of the things that we've been doing is we've been working on this how come, hashtag how come campaign. And uh, the initial uh, thought for this came from one of our members, um, Dolores Halbin, who, who said, inspired by this movie, uh, Three Billboards, why don't we get a billboard and, and put up these messages? You know, hashtag how come? How come there's, you know, 74,000 rape kits untested in, you know, one state, and yet um, we've got, you know, 13,000 people locked up at the expense of $42,000 a year. How come? Why, why is that even happening? And, and we came up with all these, you know, short messages, how come? And, and they're all about prohibition and how come this is still happening. And when you start learning about how come it's still happening, it's always centered around money and power and, and you know, the, the political motivations of everybody and everything. Um, and when you, when you start to look at truths for what they are, you come to realize that you know, there's there's some rights and there's some wrongs out there. And some of the wrongs out there need to be changed. And uh, uh, getting this message out, I would think, is, is, is hugely valuable. So anyways, on this trip with Pete, um, he had an opportunity to do an interview on a public access show. And um, we learned a whole lot from that. So um, I noticed that... Uh, uh, Glenn Keeling dropped off. If somebody can reach out to Glenn and get him to call back in, I know he had wanted to talk. And one of the rules about this show is everybody who wants to talk gets to talk. Even if we go long or if I have to talk less, um, everybody that wants to talk gets to talk. It's your show as well as mine. So um, I don't ever want somebody to come on and say, oh, I wasn't able to get in. Uh, so anyways, that all being said, uh, we're going to bring Pete up right now and Let's see what we discovered out there. Pete Yaple, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Pete, can you hear me? Oh, sorry, Joe. How you doing tonight, man? <laughs> I had my one. phone I'm on doing great. I had my phone on mute, and I'm sitting there going, hello, hello, hello. Okay. <laughs> well, that's just been the way my day has been going anyway. I haven't been able to stop. I haven't stopped for one minute, man. Uh, hey, listen, I, 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 was, I, I love it. You know I love your show. And when I saw this whole thing with Canada today and everybody jumping up and down saying, Oh, it's legalizing Canada. And my gosh, my stomach turns every time I hear that word because they're like, yeah, but that's good. And I'm like, how is it good? And, and there's still a law. There's still like, okay, well, how is it bad? I go, because if I have 31 grams of cannabis dry flour in my possession, I go to jail. Well, yeah, but the limit's 30. I go, okay, but why not 31? What's wrong with 31? I like 31. 
and, right. and, and they just couldn't get it, and they couldn't understand it. And I said, also, right. if we're talking legalized, okay, well, then why aren't the doors open into the prison and let everybody out that was feloniously charged it, at first and now deserves because you're saying, well, no, now we have a legal substance. Well, how can they sit in jail for a legal substance, something that's now legal? Uh, so to me, uh, it's all about, again, reading and reading the law and, and not reading the headline of the law. And it happens so much in our community when people are voting for things in their community on a state level, on a federal level. And all they do is they see a word or they see a phrase, and, and that automatically dawns on them that this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, take it apart and read. It's being written not to benefit you. Because it's a law, it's there to benefit whoever the pocket it fills. There's licensing, taxes, regulations. I mean, this only only gives right for violations. And they don't need much to come in and say you're violating. And so we really have to be careful. We, we, we really have to be careful where we stand. We really have to be careful where we tread. And we have to be careful of where we're putting our faults and our efforts. But the, the only way, and, and, and I, I can't think of any, and if anybody else has an other suggestion that is equally effective, is to repeal cannabis prohibition. Let's end it. Let's take all those that have been suffering out of jail, return them to their families where they belong. Let's give the plant back to the earth. The earth isn't, and plants shouldn't be owned by a government or by anyone. And like you said, if we weren't here, this plant's going to be here forever anyway. So who has the right to tell the plant who it can and cannot belong to? So I just, I just hope that everybody can, can understand that there are people sitting in jail for life. You know, people on the show, Craig Cecil calls in every week. That's why the show is here, you know, because of things like this. And it is ridiculous that anyone should spend a second in jail, let alone their life without the possibility of parole. When this sinks in and resonates with people and understand it could be you, your father, your brother, your sister, your mother, or your neighbor, please, man, let's stand up for what's right and let's make some correct changes. I couldn't agree more. Um, as we're going forward, though, um, you know, we learned about uh, this public access. And, yeah. um, and unfortunately, this show was a little bit um, interrupted. I don't have my normal line I, was, I, I run the show from, and we weren't able to locate our, uh, our video camera that I know we have somewhere around here. But uh, why don't you explain what we have going on here? Because there's um, uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's a big breakthrough well, going on. We right. We well, I was blessed. Joe came out um, and was able to spend a you know a day or so with me and my wife Helen here in New York. And the uh, idea of the trip was that he would come out and we were to be interviewed on this TV show and. Uh, you know, it was going to be shown in about close to, you know, 650,000 homes in the Manhattan area and whatever. And it was great for, you know, the human solutions and solidarity over separation in New York chapter. And uh, we were hoping to get on there and get interviewed by this gentleman. Well, it, it, it didn't work out as great as we had hoped. It was kind of like me and Joe doing our radio show while sitting on somebody else's TV <laughs> set. And, 
You know, we could have literally done it Skype from home, but I was blessed to have him in my company. But from that, we learned about how he was broadcasting this stuff, and he's broadcasting it through his local public access television. And explain to us that in every community, wherever you see a telephone pole or there's an easement or there's any kind of utility, the town is paid by the utility company to fill those lines. And by doing so, the public has access to that line. That's how they give them this thing. It's in public access to the actual hardwire, and they can broadcast their shows on a public station. Well, we we thought this was genius, you know. You know, we speak every week to people on the same same people pretty much every week on our radio shows, or we engage the same people every day on our on our social media, or and, and then again too in our business pro, in our business profiles, your business days. Uh, we're, we're constantly in the same circles. So to be able to expand, especially you know within and throughout our communities. Um, it, we're going to reach an audience that's obviously bigger and larger. And uh, then again, those that aren't following us all the time and may hear something new and may realize that people are sitting in prison for no reason, may understand that, you know, their doctors are overprescribing them and there's a better way. You know, uh, there, there's lots. And whatever our shows cover, we can do on these local access TVs. So what we're hoping is that other people can get active. And, and people that have shows already, you know, even, and transform their shows, take their shows, and bring it to their local access. And let's start spreading the word that way and create sort of like a cannabis, you know, network, you know, local access network for, for a better choice of words. Well, I couldn't agree more. And I, I, I think that as we're uh, exploring this new venue, and uh, figuring out that there's, you know, lots of different little uh, twists and turns to it. It's going to vary from market to market. It's going to vary from, you know, every different space is going to have its own set of of rules. Um, It's one of these things that uh, uh, we're going to learn quickly. Yeah. Before you know it, we're going to be able to um, have a show that's put on and have it bounce around uh, every kind of uh, different venue. And, you know, one show can literally, uh, you know, hit hundreds of markets. I mean, every single county in the country has some kind of public access and... um, um, you know that Well, let me explain that a that, little bit, Joe, because because that's easily done by these stations. Like he's saying, we can spread these things uh, like wildfire through other local communities if everyone or people or anyone, I should say, gets access through their local because most of the markets don't provide a studio or a television studio or for somewhere for you to film. Most just will take your show on either a uh, MP4 or uh, CD format, and you could submit it to them, or a YouTube, uh, or a YouTube link, and you can submit it to your local station, and they will air it at your time through that link or device or whatever uh, you sent them through. But uh, there are areas, though, if you do check, that may surround that do have studios, and we're we're blessed, man. It's free access because they can't charge you to use it. It's public, you know. It's a public studio, but. Uh, the studio we we are we're lucky to uh, 
have come in contact with only requires us to go to a meet, you know, go to, go to their monthly meetings, you know, because, you know, you're going to be part of the group. And, you know, everybody's got to care for the place and whatever else. It's a community thing. And I, I can't think of anything easier. That's why you say, sit at a meeting? My Lord, I sit very well. I, I think I can do that. <laughs> yeah, so, well, you know, I, so I it's, think it's, that it's a great, this is... I think it's a great thing for us, you know. I just think it's a great venue. Well, the thing that's that's great about it is, you know, currently we have uh, the Blog Talk Radio as a as a uh, platform, and it reaches however many people. And then we also have Facebook that it is um, uh, simulcast on, and it has its its family of people. But most of the people that are on those two platforms are already people that already have an opinion about this. And granted, we do bring in new people all the time, but this taps into entirely uh, different markets, and there's already just publishing the show on a network that already exists um, can reach literally millions of people, um, and it, it, it fits our budget of zero Really, really well. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, I think it, that's why it works for mine, man. I wouldn't be able to do it if it was a dollar, maybe. But, you know, with zero, I can work with. But, listen, the great thing about it, the, the, great, the great thing I say about it, too, is like you're saying, we can reach people we were never going to reach, you know, who, you know, those that turn on that local access station. And, and the beautiful thing about that is, is there's, there's always that one person that here's something they didn't know that could change their mind. That's one. And two, if you live on the East Coast, it's a, it's, I mean, I'm not going to speak for every East Coast state. I cannot do that, but I've lived on a lot of them personally, and specifically now living in New York. People are so misformed still about what cannabis does, how to ingest cannabis, ways to ingest cannabis. It, it is so, so, so so, so disheartening. So, it, we, you know, we owe it. I owe it. You know, I owe the plant my life, so I owe, the, I owe this place where I grew up. Everything that I've learned, every bit of every ounce of knowledge that I've put in for the years and years that I've done it, just to save my own life, I'm going to try. I mean, I will, I'll die trying to save everybody else's, unfortunately. But uh, that's what I plan to do, man, because I owe it. I owe it to this plant. And there's nothing wrong with this plant. It, it, the reason why it's so bastardized is because it's so good. If it wasn't so fucking good, they wouldn't care. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right, Pete. Well, always a pleasure. And uh, if somebody wants to get involved in the New York area, how does somebody reach you? Uh, you can call me anytime. 845 area code 522-3162. And, you know, can we talk com. You can always find me and Helen. Uh, that, that's probably the two best ways to, to reach either one of us. Joe, thanks again for having me on the show, man. And uh, I can't wait to keep this going, dude. You know, I, like I said, I got my class. Oh, everybody, Sugarloaf, Friday, 7 p.m., Sugarloaf, New York. If you're anywhere in the New York area, please stop by. It's going to be a great cat class. 
I'm simulcasting in uh, Sage Amdal from the state of Washington. She's going to show people how to make uh, home remedies with small amounts of cannabis in their own home. So, uh, I mean, it'll be a great show for those that have to be a little bit more frugal or, you know, just want to know how to do this on their own. Uh, And our classes are free. It's donation only. And, you know, we appreciate the uh, the turnout every month at the Holistic Healing Studio. Thank you, Denise Orsic. There's my commercial. (laughs) Beautiful. All right. Well, I appreciate you being here, and uh, I, I look forward to the to the work carrying on. And uh, together, we're changing history. Thank you very much, Pete April. Any my time, brother. All right. All right. So up next, we got Glenn Keeling. Glenn and uh, his wife Piggy are facing charges in Ohio, and at the same time, they're uh, a chapter coordinators of our. Um, Creative Care Beacon chapter in Ohio, and they're supporting other people at the same time they're fighting their own case. Um, and this is, again, another place, this is a, a, a state passed a law that allows for certain uses of this plant, and yet still, they're being charged. Um, and again, I don't want you to get hung up on were they following the law or not. Yes, they were following up, but who cares? It's a bad law. If they were following it or not, should not be the reason that you support this or not. What you need to do, and, you know, of course, nobody wants to hear what you need to do, but that's why I say it, because you don't want to hear it. You know, the bottom line is, no one should go to jail for a plant, ever. There's not any reason that anyone should ever go to jail for a plant. And I have yet to come up with anybody that tells me a different answer to that. Glenn, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Joe. Thank you very much. I'm doing good this evening. Uh, I want to well, start out and I'll begin. Hey, I, I want to start out and I want to give Michelle Button a, a shout. She is helping put our folder together. She said you would know who she <laughs> is. <laughs> we love um, Michelle Button. She's awesome. Right on. Right on. Yeah, she is absolutely wonder help for for us. I, I'm really glad to be connected with a lot of people that we're connected with. I, I'm telling you, the Human Solution has such a huge group of of caring people. Man, every person that we have come up against that that is that's part of the Human Solution. Every one of them people have big hearts. They care about what they're doing. They care about what you're saying. They care about you. Um, they're every person that's part of Human Solution. We're all educated people. We're very educated people. We just reach out and ask for help. We're here to help you guys. Um, our case right now is really kind of weird. It it, it uh, we're, we're being charged with cannabis cases, but the court is allowing us to use what we're being charged with. Um, kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Prohibition, that is a terrible, horrible word. Um, it, it just it makes my skin crawl whenever I hear that word because prohibition doesn't mean nothing but bigger problems and bigger headaches for people that are doing nothing more than following the law like we were. Um, just They need to take their hands off of cannabis and leave it alone fully deschedulize it is what they need to do. It needs to be deschedulized. The the, the scheduling 
will take care of legalizing it and everything else. Descheduling people. Deschedule, deschedule, deschedule. That is the word that we need to learn. Not legalization, deschedulization is what we need to learn. I couldn't agree more. I, I think those are good words and uh, and and couldn't be truer. Well, um, I'm very very pleased that you guys are staying and fighting, and I, I'm obviously disheartened that the states decided to uh, keep playing cat and mouse with you. But uh, I know that the righteous will will uh, will will come through this, and that's and that's where we stand. So. Uh, Glenn, if right. somebody wants to get together and, and help out uh, in the Ohio area, how would they reach you? Um, really easy to find. I'm on Facebook, Glenn Keeling. You can go to the uh, Creative Care Beacon, the Human Solution International Ohio chapter, uh, or simply just give me a call. You know, and, and, you know, week after week we give our numbers and our contact information, but people, you've got to reach out. My phone number is Four one nine eight six three zero four nine eight. Um, listen, we got to support each other. If you're going through a cannabis case, you're not going through that cannabis case alone. You're going through it for every single buddy else that is wanting to use cannabis. We have no choice but to fight this. It, it's it's a bad law. It, it makes good people criminals, and it, and it. Uh, High time it stops. Period. High time. That's a silly fun. Yeah, seriously, it's, it's trying you to get stop. to be the comedy section. <laughs> right up. Hey, listen, you know, people reach out. Human Solution International, uh, Creative Care Beacon on 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 the interweb. Glenn Keeling, you can find me there. My phone number was posted. Man, people, we've got to support each other, and we can't support you unless you reach out. Please do it. Don't be afraid. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, thank you very much once again, Glenn Keeling, uh, an advocate, a defendant, an activist, and an uh, incredible human being. So, um, all right, up next we got George Martorano. George Martorano is a longtime friend of the show, a lifetime member of the Human Solution, uh, an ex-POW. This man spent 32 years languishing in federal custody Many of them were in solitary confinement, all for charges about a plant. And today he's out free, standing tall, educating people, bringing light to dark places. And uh, I'm very pleased and proud to call him Cuz. George, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Cuz, how you doing? How you doing? Right? <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> How are you? How are you and Liz and everybody else and Kathy Z and and D.D. Kirkwood? I miss my West Coast friends. You know, I belong out there with you guys, but I'm here fighting the fight. Incidentally, again, I've been invited uh, Friday. I've been uh, invited to speak. Uh, is a big ceremony every year. It's called the Lucian Blackwell Awards. He was a is a very uh, uh, very prominent uh, a congressman. And his wife uh, actually uh, took his position after he died, and she she became uh, a congresswoman, Congresswoman uh, Blackwell. So they invited me back this year, but uh, I wouldn't go. I said I'm not I'm not going to speak in City Hall. This is actually City Hall, ladies and gentlemen, 
in uh, in Philadelphia. I said, I'm not going to speak unless I speak for my program, which I initiated sometime months, 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 months ago. It's www.cannabisforguns because my city and certain certain sections of the city have become killing fields, like South Chicago, etc. So I, ca- I I can't figure it out. We had an incident just two weeks ago where five teenagers, five teenagers approached a bunch of other groups. There were five armed teenagers uh, and pr- approached another group of teenagers and just opened fire. Open fire, shot up a bunch, and then we had something in Trenton that's again just open fire. Just every night, breaking news. I don't know where all these weapons come, but anyway, www.cannabisforguns is my program where what we want to do is uh, we want to use the the, crim- uh, the the criminal statute. Criminal statute in basically every 50 states, ladies and gentlemen, is you can have a small amount of marijuana in your possession, as long as you don't interact or sell or exchange. But we need to exchange cannabis for weapons. We need to be innovative. We have to have new programs in America. We need to do something new. I mean, this thing, right, with what's going on in the border with these, uh, with these border courses and these children, I don't agree with it, separating children from their parents, I don't agree with it at all. You know, how, now we're caging babies. But but it's something, I have to say, it's something innovative. They're trying to do something different. I do not agree with it. Well, that's what www.cannabisforguns is. We have to do something. Nothing's working. Every morning in my city, Philadelphia, and, and Chicago, and Seattle, in L.A., every morning there's gun violence. People are getting shot. For, for Basically, when they shoot, they shoot the innocent people. The innocent people are getting gunned down. So, uh, like I said, I told them I will not speak at City Hall, and that's, you know, the city, our city government, unless they allow me to speak for my program. And they called today, which I'm happy. They said, George, you have, you have, you have, 15 minutes to speak about cannabis for guns. These are all, everyone's going to be up the mayor's office on down. So they're finally listening. All I'm trying to do, ladies and gentlemen, is present an understanding. I'm trying to create a mental deterrent factor in America. Again, a mental deterrent factor in America where you don't have to take this gun and take a life or commit a crime. Go change it in for some for some cannabis, okay? Go change it in for an ounce of cannabis, smoke some, sell some, but don't kill someone. <laughs> so, I love and it. I believe the time the time is right. Time is right in this city, and uh, and uh, my friend uh, Joe Human Solutions, which, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you ever met him. He's a great guy. He's fearless, and he knows that I'm fearless. So we. We got involved in this this program when I was on probation. I was on federal probation, and I I stuck my neck out to to build this up to save lives. Please do not fear. I know a lot of you out there in America use fear. You fear consequences, but sometimes you have to accept accept the consequences. You have to move forward. You have to take the risk. If to make a difference in this country, you must take 
I'm taking a little risk. I don't want to upset anyone's lives. You must take some risk. And uh, Human Solutions has been backing me from the cage, from the cage. Joe Grumbine and Liz, they've been backing me from the cage. You know, you know how important that is? You know what kind of statement that is that these, these you know, Joe, Joe and Liz, you know, they, they're just they're good people. They, they have bills to pay. They have a life to live. But they came to help me when I was in the cage. So that's that's the kind of people that are running this program. And please, anything you can do to assist them, please do. Joe, I see you, Joe. Excellent, George. Well, I appreciate, as always, uh, your words of wisdom, and I, I love the um, the imagination that you bring to to a difficult problems. You come up with unique ways to uh, to solve them, and Again, uh, holding your ground. I, I think if more of us would hold our ground, uh, more of us would get what we set out to. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, resistance is important. We need to resist the, the forces that are against us, and we need to do it in a positive way. Resistance doesn't mean violence. Resistance doesn't mean negativity. Resistance just means that. It means resist against a force that, is going against you, and then we can do that in creative, positive ways and still accomplish what we do. George, we're changing history, my friend. I look forward to uh, the day when uh, none of this is an issue. We'll look back and say, remember when. Yeah, well, you know, we're getting there. We're getting there slowly. I believe uh, we're going to see in our lifetime where you can be, you know, totally free cannabis, uh, uh, whatever, you know, will help you medically or emotionally, enjoymentally. I mean, you know, uh, I I I did 32 plus years in the joint, and I couldn't I couldn't enjoy cannabis. Then I get out and I'm on paper. I couldn't enjoy cannabis, but now I'm off of paper. And guess what? I'm enjoying my cannabis, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I ain't. You're not. I take my couple totes in the morning, and uh, at my age. You know, I'm running. I'm running ten miles, crack of dawn. I mean, I'm just totally free, and cannabis is all part of that enjoyment. So, please, please, you know, take it. But I, I believe if it starts with your personal enjoyment, it, then it grows to helping people. Like what I, uh, where right now, me and Joe, as we speak right now, we're helping a lot of sick people in Philadelphia. We're helping a lot of sick people. Everyone's older and everyone has illness. So, you know, cannabis is, is, is for enjoyment, it's for helping people, it's for understanding. It is a way of life. Again, it is a way of life. And they didn't deter me from it. I was put in a cage for over three decades for marijuana. Over three decades. It didn't deter me, and it shouldn't deter anyone out there. Now, be your own person. I'm not saying that you have to go to jail, but just speak the truth and walk the walk, ladies and gentlemen. Back to you, Joe. All right. Thank you so much, George. Always a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you soon. We're uh, going to be doing some work together. All right, folks, again, George Marcherano. All right, so finally, uh, the last call of the show is going to be Tom Corby and uh, the NorCal Report. Tom? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Uh, thank you, Joe. 
uh, Coffee Party Radio Show, all those on the front line coming together to finally end prohibition. Free all our POWs. Uh, I'm here today uh, with my, my my daughter, Karina, Corby Ryan. Hi, from Reno. Hey, hey. Are visiting my How are you doing? I'm doing great. Loving your products, using them. They're great. (laughs) I love to hear that. That's fantastic. All right, and I'm also here with Frank and Ann. And uh, I want to use it. Good, Joe. It's my birthday. Yeah, and Joe, happy birthday, Joe. Happy birthday. Thank you. Go, Gemini. Gemini. Yeah. yeah. Team Gemini. Uh, <laughs> uh, once again, in NorCal, uh, we don't have a whole lot to report. Now, what's that say? It says we always take them on to trial, as Frank Canan did, and, and many here in Butte County. Setting the precedence, we always take them on on the 995 dismiss probable cause motion. Uh, I'm so happy to hear all the support for Team Boot. Uh, I want to thank Terry uh, Lowe and uh, here, Linda Boot, bring an update today. Uh, Beth, darling, Stacey Ann, and awesome Booth team. Uh, in my many years, uh, court support coming for defendants, I've never seen so many come for two people and well-deserving, believe me. Uh, when I first reported, uh, uh, when I first got busted uh, uh, with 20 pounds, uh, now I, I started to hear there was not, not only no warrant, uh, they weren't read their Miranda rights, uh, so I, I, I sent them uh, a letter uh, and a donation here a couple weeks ago. Uh, I pointed out, and I did mention on the radio show, uh, that uh, we couldn't get a GoFundMe. They wouldn't accept it, that we were sending personal checks to uh, Attorney Michael Hardy and thank him for all he does. Uh, in, in my note to them, I pointed out how their case was very weak. Uh, I see no probable cause. Uh, they cannot even bring uh, the discovery in without reading their Miranda rights. Am I right to say that, Joe? No? <laughs> yes, you did. You did already say that, Tom. Oh, yeah, okay, well, anyway, uh, so, uh, are you still there? I am still here. Oh, okay, good, so, uh, it's good to know that uh, Mike Putin, he knows knows the law, and and of course, he's going to take them on to trial, Uh, and I pointed out I'm not sure it, that I would. I never see it getting going all the way to trial. Uh, the case is so weak, and with a good attorney like a minority, I see the case being dismissed. 
and I'll give two to one odds that I told him. Uh, so, yeah, so it's great to have so much support for so many. And if you can throw in 20 bucks in, just send it to their, to their Michael Minari, the attorney. Uh, I posted it. Uh, out there on the radio show there I posted the address if you'd like to send them some uh, I'm not sure I heard, at one point I heard that they yes happens a lot they weren't they weren't getting their mail uh, and I think Terry pointed out now they are getting admitted that they're getting some commissary now and uh, uh, yeah okay well I want to thank everybody today Frank Nan has something to report uh, uh, good, uh, another good attorney in Tennessee, right here. I'll let Frank take over. Thank you, man. Hey, hey, Joe. Hey, Frank. Hello? How's it going? Ah, it's going good. Yep, you're so live I, on the I air. Was nice. So I was listening about this uh, lady getting uh, busted in Tennessee, and if she yeah. needs a good attorney, I know I know of a pretty damn good attorney in Tennessee. Okay. And his name. His name is Doug Aaron. That's A A R O N. And his phone number is 931 728 And he actually represented uh, one of my ex girlfriends and me a long time ago when we got into a little bit of cannabis trouble at the Bonnaroo Festival <laughs> in Tennessee. So, and we had uh, 12 pounds of cannabis butter. A um, couple ounces of mushrooms and uh, some raw cannabis too, and uh, he was able to take care of all of that with a, just a small donation to the Drug Enforcement Task Force. So he's a damn it. good attorney. Well, I recommend. Um, Frank, if you could text me that information, um, Linda's going to be calling me in the next day or two, and uh, I'll be right. able to pass that on directly. She's not on the show anymore. Um, but if you if you send me that message, I will make sure she gets it. Yeah, I'll send you the link to I'll send you the link to his uh um his uh webpage. Perfect, perfect, awesome, Frank. Well, always a pleasure, and that's how this works. It's grassroots, baby. We all do what we can to help when right. we can. And well, if you uh, if you see something, do something. I'll just say something that's to help. That's right. And uh, also, he's also the former district attorney general uh, in uh, Manchester. So he has a lot of pull. Oh. Excellent. Excellent. That's the rope. Well, that's what we need. We need experience. We need willingness. Uh, we need a little courage, a little heart. It goes a long way. And together, uh, we can do this. We can end prohibition. We can make a world where no one is in jail for a plant ever again. Amen to that, Joe. <laughs> All right, Frank, Tom, always a pleasure. Uh, we're down to the last threads of the show. I appreciate you all being here. I appreciate everybody that helped make this show possible. And, um, you know, I, I'm glad to be back. It's only been a couple of weeks, but I miss you all. And, um, you know, Mary, always a pleasure to have you uh, part of this show. Um, and remember, <laughs> if you have problem, a legal problem because of prohibition, if you know somebody that does, if you want to participate, first step that you're going to get told is call into the show. Tell us about what's going on, and then we know you're serious about it, and we know you're willing to do something about it, and that's where it all begins. i got to be honest, 
95% of the people that contact me initially never call back, never call the show, never do anything more. But they're willing to take hours of my time and tell me all about their story and ask me to help them. Um, we help you help yourself. We are an amplifier. We can be instrumental in your victory if you have the heart to reach out and grab it. That's how this all works. Folks, if anybody uh, knows how to get a hold of Michael Bernardi, get a hold of him. Tell him to call me. Tell him to call the show next week. We can schedule him as a guest. I'd like to talk to him. I just haven't talked to him in a while. Um, if you want to be part of the Human Solution International, sign up. Become a member. We're going to be having elections in uh, September, less than three months from now. And any member is eligible to run for office. Uh, we're all volunteers, so office just means work. But it also means influence. If you want to be part of the leadership team that directs this vote and is responsible in so no small part of any prohibition, that's what we're looking for. Um, participate. That's it, folks. We will see you all next Wednesday. Why is that not playing? Oh, there we go. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said, Don. You were always on my